Hey guys, it's Heaven from Just a Grown True Crime, and today I'm going to be telling you about this app called Anchor. It helped me start my podcast, and it can help you start yours. Anchor is a free app that lets you use it from your phone or your computer. So if you want to do it on the go, and you want to just record, you can record one. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more to get your own podcast out there. You can make money from your own podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you want in just one podcast. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I did. What are you waiting for? Hey guys, welcome back to Just a Girl in True Crime. I am your host, Heaven. So tonight we're going to switch it up um, and do a little something different other than murder or you know what i always do so yeah murder sorry i haven't been active i got sick it knocked me on my butt a little bit and work's been crazy you know just life but tonight we're going to actually be doing a cult group that my one co-worker her name is Noelle, and she wanted me to do a cult thing. So, Noelle, whenever you finally listen to my podcast, hello, and this one is for you. Um, so the cult group we are going to be going to be discussing is Heaven's Gate. I know, right? The irony. Had to choose something with my name. Um, it's not going to be a long episode, but let's hop right into it. Okay, so let's begin. The son of a Presbyterian, I think I pronounced that right, minister, and a formal soldier, Marshall Applewhite, began his foray into biblical prophecy in the early 1970s after being fired from the University of St. Thomas in Houston, Texas over an alleged relationship with one of his male students, he ended up meeting a woman named Bonnie Nettles, a 44-year-old married nurse with an interest in theosophy, and biblical prophecy as well. In March 1972, I'm sorry if the dates kind of like jump up and down, but this case like was a lot and I was like, all right, let me get the main, like the super important parts and the dates were always just scattered anyway. So back to the story, according to Applewhite's, writings the two like i said they met in a hospital where she worked while while he was visiting a sick friend in there um and it was rumored that it was a psychiatric hospital so it was like a normal hospital she worked at a psychiatric hospital which i mean that's fine but in this case, when they met, Bonnie was substitu- substituting for another nurse 
who was working um in the premature with like the premature babies in the nursery so bonnie was like yeah i'll fill in um apple white later recalled that he felt he felt as though he had known bonnie for a long time and concluded that they had met in like a past life this is crazy um i used to work at this giant like three three almost four years ago um and i this is when i had my like right after i had my first son and i'll never forget this lady who came up and she said your arm look at your arm and i was like what's wrong with my arm and like i thought it was like bleeding and she's like no look at your arm and uh and i'm like looking at my arms and she's like oh look at your right arm so i look at looked at my arm and i'm like yeah that's my tattoo and she was like you want to see something crazy i'm like okay so she like pulled up her she pulled up her jeans because she was wearing flip-flops and i shit you not this lady now my tattoo is an infinity sign with a heart um connecting with it and she had the same tattoo and i was like oh my god that's crazy i've never met someone with that same tattoo and she was like and this is why i brought it up she was like um we must have knew each other in our past life and i'm like that's crazy and i told her well like we started talking about our tattoos right and i said my best friend and i actually have matching tattoos and she was like no way and i'm like yeah i said um my best friend's name is steph which made it more weird because she's like oh my god my best friend's name is steph Ugh. It was mind-blowing, and I just thought I'd share that, guys, with you that I met this lady who had the same tattoo, same best friend me. It was crazy. Oh, so maybe, like she said, maybe we did know each other in a past life. But anyway, she, as in Bonnie, told him their meeting had been foretold to her by extra extraterrestrials. Pers persuading him that he had been a divine assignment. Applewhite and Bonnie pondered the life of the San, Fran San Francis of assist. I'm sorry, not of assist. I don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> um, I think it's San Francis of Asis and reading works by authors including Helena Boltsky, R.D. Lang, and Richard Botch. Um, so like those are like books like you know like they just read because they were in this like life like they seemed to like just really click. Um, they also kept a king. A King James Bible with them and they studied 
several passages from the New Testament as well, focusing on like the teachings about Christology, um, Easter, oh my god, see, this is why, like, I have no, I might butcher these names, which obviously I'm struggling now, but it's like 11 o'clock at night where I'm at and I should be sleeping because I have work, but I, I just can't sleep, so I figure I'd podcast. Okay, so we got, um, Esketchology and Asmtebmic, so that's what they actually focused on. And Applewhite also read science fiction, including works by Robert A. Heinlein and author C. Clarke. And by June 19th, Applewhite and Nettles beliefs had solidified into like a basic outline. And they concluded that they had been chosen to fulfill a biblical biblical, biblical prophecies. And that they had been given a high, um, been given basically like higher level minds than other people i guess see when i like when i now that i'm thinking about that when i research when you say higher level minds like you mean like people that are like really really smart like high high iq or what like what do you mean by that um they ended up writing a pamphlet that describes jesus um jesus's reincarnation as a Texan, a thinly veiled reference to Applewhite. Furthermore, they concluded that they were the two witnesses described in the book of Revelation and occasionally visited churches or other spiritual groups to speak of their identities, often referring themselves as the two or the UFO too. They believed they would be killed and then restored to life and in view of others transported onto a spaceship. This event, which they referred to as the demonstration, was to prove their claims. But to their dismay, these ideas were poorly received by existing religious communities so they just were like no that's that's not how that works so they just you know they weren't they weren't supported and other people who were in these religious things were like yeah no no Mm -mm." um but eventually applewhite and nettles resolve to contact the um, extraterrestrials and they sought like-minded followers now when I was researching I found like a couple people like who they mentioned but I couldn't find like names of everybody who was in this cult some call it a cult 
because that's what it is. Um, they published advertisements for meetings, and they recruited disciples whom whom they ended up calling the crew. At the events, they purported and represent beings from like another planet known as like the next level who sought participants for an experiment. Okay? They stated that those who agreed to take part in the experiment would be brought to a higher evolutionary level. So, I forgot to write this down in my notes. So, there's like certain tiers. And, um... Hold on, I think I can look it up. Yeah, okay. So, I'm going to look it up real quick, actually. Because I'm doing this on my phone. So, give me one second, guys. I'm sorry if you hear my typing. Like I said, I... I'm on my phone. Um, so I'm just typing it. I never thought I could actually type and while I podcasted, but I guess you can. And I like saw something on it. And I just wanna verify it. And if I can't find it, it's okay, because I'll look for it, and then I'll... And if I can't look for it, like, I'll revisit it for you. But I swear I saw something. Okay, so, um, they didn't have different levels. There were techniques to enter the next level. So, I'm just going to read to you what I found. According to Heaven's Gate, once the individual has perfected himself through the process, there were four methods to enter or graduate to the next level. One, the first one was physically pick up onto a Tela spacecraft and transfer to a next level body aboard that craft in this version of what Professor Zeller calls a UFO version of the rapture, basically, to, like, an alien spacecraft. And an alien spacecraft would descend to Earth and collect apple white nettles and their followers, and their human bodies would be transformed through biological and chemical processes to perfected beings. This and other UFO-related beliefs held by the group have led some of observers to characterize the group as a UFO religion. Um, The second one is a natural death, accidental death, or death from a random random violence. Here the graduating soul leaves the human container for a perfected next body, next level body. Three, because there's four. Um, The third one is 
outside persecution that leads to death after the deaths of the branch Davidians in Waco, Texas, and the events involving Randy Weaver at Ruby Ridge Applewhite was afraid the American government would murder the members of Heaven Gate. And the last and fourth one um, was wilf- willfully exit the body in a dignified manner near the end. Near the end, Applewhite had a revelation that they might have to abandon their human bodies to achieve the next level, just like Jesus had done. So those are the um, those are the techniques, I guess. You you know you can do to just proceed. All right. So that's pretty interesting, but I promise you it's going to get a lot weirder. Okay. In 1975, during a group meeting with 80 people in Jonah Culpepper's Studio City Home, they shared their stimulant. They, <laughs> Jesus. They shared their spontaneous revelation that they had been told they were the two witnesses written into the Bible story of the end of time. Later in the same year, 1975, the crew assembled at a hotel in Waldport, Oregon after selling all worldly yeah, worldly possessions and saying farewell to loved ones. And then the group just kind of vanished from the hotel and from the public eye. Like, you know, they just vanished. Poof. Gone. See ya later. Um, that night on the CBS Evening News, Walter Cronkite reported that the group, basically what I just told you, they just disappeared. In one of the first national reports on the developing religious groups. So, you know, nobody knows what happened to them. A score of persons have disappeared. It's a mystery whether they've been taken on a so-called trip to eternity or simply just been taken. And that's what CBS said. They're like, yeah, I don't know. Okay. But in all, but in all reality, Applewhite and Nettles, okay, took the group to go, ready? Not to space. Not to heaven. Not to hell. Not to purgatory. Obviously, I watch, I watch a lot of Supernatural, so I just wanted to throw everything out there. But no, they took them underground. Yep, I'll say it again. Underground. That's where they went. From that point, um, do and tea, it's now pronou- it's pronounced do and tea, 
And if you're wondering who is that, that is Apple White and Nettles. They actually decided to start calling themselves that. So Doe and T. I think like they changed their name like one more time, I think, that I wrote down. Yeah, so that's them. Um so that like I said, that's what they called themselves. They led nearly 100 member crew in their group across the country, sleeping in tents. Excuse me, sleeping in tents, sleeping bags, and begging in the streets. They even evaded, they even like evaded, you know, they didn't, I feel like it's, I feel like I'm saying that word wrong, but evaded they evaded authorities and media enabled the group to focus on Doe and T's doctrine of helping members of the crew achieve a higher evolutionary level above human which they claim that they have already reached okay so I guess they're on to like what the second level I'm not sure. Apple White and Nettles used many aliases, like I said, over the years. They also went not by the UF the UFO two, the two. So you have the two, the UFO two, Doe and T, and the last one was Bo and Peep. Okay, I mean, Bo and Peep just sounds weird to me. It makes me think of Toy Story, right? So, those were their aliases. Um, but Heaven's Gate also had many names before it was actually called Heaven's Gate. Now, I've only found, like, a couple. I haven't found all their names. But, but like I said, there was, they had different names before. I'm pretty sure I mentioned a couple in this one, but like I said, they they changed it a lot. Um, the group also reinvented, and like I said, they were they renamed themselves several times, and it had a variety of uh, recruit recruiting methods. Applewhite believed. He was directly related to Jesus. I mean, you know, speaking from the, like, um, Christian, because, like, I've told you guys before, like, I believe in God. I mean, technically, we're all brothers and sisters, and Jesus, Jesus, God... They are our father, so I mean, yes, technically we are related, but I don't think that's where he was thinking. That's what I thought. I'm like, yes, we technically all are related, but I'm not going to sit here. I don't want to sit here and be like, hey, that I'm, that's my thing. I mean, I know a lot of people don't, they don't believe in the Bible, um, my husband doesn't, so he doesn't, I'm going to say Bible, 
some people don't believe in God, and he is one of them. I mean, and that's fine. There's there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we have free will. But, okay, <laughs> we're getting off. I'm getting off topic. Okay. Um, meaning, so since he believed he was related to Jesus, that meant he was an evolutionary kingdom level human Okay, so since he compared, like, to the highest level of Jesus, he was like, okay, I'm just higher than everybody. But in 1985, so 10 years later, um, Bonnie actually died due to liver cancer. And, like, there was, like, a huge chunk missing, and it just, like, jumped to that. So I'm like, okay. Well, I know this might sound crazy, like, oh... This is, this is a hard thing to follow. I totally agree. But stick with me. Because that, it just kind of like jumped. From like. How they started. Like the history of it. And then just kind of like. Jumped to her death. Um. So. Yeah, like I said. She died from liver cancer. Applewhite's. Um, sub, subsequently. Revision the group's doctrines that the crew gained on eventual reputation as a cyber culture, a form of a religious thought reformed by the mid 1900s. The group had become reclusive, identifying themselves using the business name Higher Source. And by using their website to proselytize and recruit followers. Rumors ended up spreading throughout the group in the um in the following years that the upcoming comet Hail Bop housed the secret to their ultimate salvation and ascend ascent into the kingdom of heaven so now i guess like i said i guess we're just getting this all from a comment i mean i don't know hey do you guys um heaven's gate received coverage in jacques valine's book Messengers of Deception in 1979. So like I said, this book was published then. In which um, Valley described an unusual public meeting organized by the group. Valley frequently expressed concerns within the book about contactee groups. I don't know what I wrote there. Authorian, political, and religious outlooks and Heaven's Gate didn't, when that came out, Heaven's Gate obviously did not um, escape criticism. I'm pretty sure it just kind of made things worse for them. But I mean, I guess, yep, that makes sense. 
Heaven's Gate was better known. Oh, my goodness. Heaven's Gate was better known in the UFO circles because, you know, spaceships. That, that makes more sense of how, like, people have them groups where they're like, I was abducted by aliens. I mean, hey, anything can happen. So they they knew more of them about than kind of like really anybody else. As well as through a series of academic studies by soci- sociologist Robert um Robert Black Blanche Black I don't, I think I, I'm terrible with last names. Like, I, I just can't pronounce them. You should hear me at work. So, now we're going to jump back to the 1900s. On January 1994, LA Weekly ran an article on the group, then known as the Total Overcomers. Um, Richard Ford, who would later play a role in the 1997 group suicide discovered heaven's gate i could not read my writing for some reason heaven's gate through this article and eventually joined them renaming himself rio d'angelo now remember that name okay a man named lewis i'm just gonna call him lewis uh, actually let me try Louis Ferox had contacted the Heaven's Gate group while making a program for his BBC Two doc series. And I'm just going to refer to this guy as Louis. Louis and his show was Louis, his Ferox, Weird Weekends in the early 1997. Um, Lewis told them that they could be a part of this project, um, but unfortunately the group turned it down because they said it would interfere for what they were doing and they needed to focus basically on their thing. They couldn't help him. In October 1996, members of T's Clang began renting a large home in which they called the monastery, a 9,200-square-foot mansion located near 1834 Colina Nort, later changed to Peso Victoria, in Rancho Santa Fe, California. So, this is where it gets crazy. Here we go. They paid $7,000 per month in cash. Yep, $7,000 in cash. Not in money order. I mean, I don't know if money orders were a thing back then. Not in money order. Not a check. Is a money gram a thing? Money gram? You know, they probably didn't have Western Union, but I don't, I mean, I don't know if they did. But yes, they paid $7,000 per month in cash. What the hell are y'all doing? How did you get $7,000 to pay that every month? And that's a big-ass mansion. 
if I do say so myself. Let me take a drink real quick. And what I put in my notes, WTF, how could they afford that? Um, so in that same month, <laughs> now hold on to your shorts, guys. Shorts, shirts, like Morbid says, hold on to your butts. <laughs> um, in that same month, the group purchased alien abduction insurance that would cover up to 50 members and would pay out $1 million per person. Whew. Okay. Now, here's what the policy covered. It fucking better be for a million. That's all I gotta say. If you're gonna pull out alien, alien abduction, you better cover some good shit. And this is what their policy covered. Abduction. Impreg- impregnation. Or death by aliens. Alright guys, so right now, I just want you to take a minute and just let what I just read to you sink in. Just for a minute. Okay, so we're just going to have a moment of silence real quick. Everybody enjoy their moment of silence? Okay. And we're back. So after we all let that sink in. On March 19th and 20th of 1997, Applewhite taped himself in in the Doe's final exit. Speaking of his mass suicide in the only way to evacuate this earth. After asserting that a spacecraft was trailing Comet Hale-Bopp and that this event would represent the closure to Heaven's Gate, Appleway persuaded... 38 followers to prepare for ritual suicide so their souls could board the supposed craft. If you hear stomping, that's my loud neighbors who live upstairs above me. They like to just stomp and move furniture this time of night for some reason. All right. And, you know, Applewhite believed that after their deaths, the unidentified flying object, or as we know, UFO, would take their souls to another level of existence above human, which he described as being both physical and spiritual. I'm not saying this can't happen, but hey... Each has their own way to dream and have their own opinion. If you like that, that's great. Keep going. I don't know if I can get behind that, but hey, do as as you wish. Their preparations included each member 
basically videotaping a farewell message. To kill themselves, members took... I'm going to pronounce this long word wrong, pill wrong. I've been trying to say it in my head multiple times and I can't. So we're going to try. Foam barbital. Foam barbital. Mixed with applesauce or pudding. And then they washed it down with vodka. Sounds delightful. Additionally... They secured plastic plastic bags around their heads after ingesting the mix to um, basically, hold on, after ingesting the mix to asphyxiation, goodness, all 39 members were dressed in identical Black shoes and sweatpants. Brand new black and white Nike decades athletic shoes. And an an armband armband patches reading Heaven's Gate Away Team. One of the many, God, many. One of the many instances of the group's use of the nanoclam not clamture of the fictional universe of Star Trek. Each member had on their per each member had on their person a five dollar bill and three quarters in their pockets. This was in reference to Huck Finn, in which it stated that it cost five dollars and seventy five cents. To ride the tail of the comet, the comet to heaven. Once a member was dead, a living member would arrange the body by removing the plastic bag from that person's head. Followed by positioning the body so that it laid neatly on its own bed with faces and torsos covered by a square purple cloth for privacy. In an interview with Harry Robinson, the two surviving members said that the identical clothing used as a uniform for the mass suicide to represent um, unity with the Nikes were chosen because the group got a, quote, good deal on shoes. Applewhite was also a huge fan of Nike, and therefore everyone else was expected to wear and like Nikes within the group. Heaven's Gate also had a saying with the group, as we all know it. Um, just do it in which you, obviously, like I said, we all know, just do it as Nike's slogan. They pronounce, they, um, pronounce do as doe to reflect Applewhite's nickname the 30, 39 um, a 21 women and 18 men between the ages of 26 and 72 successfully successive days with remaining participants 
cleaning up after each prior group deaths. The suicides occurred in groups of 15, 15, and 9 between approximately March 22nd and March 26th. <clears throat> among the dead among the dead was Thomas Nichols, brother of actress Nichelle Nichols, who is best known for her role as Yerutha in the original TV series of Star Trek. I don't know if I pronounced that name wrong or right, but I've never watched Star Trek. I've, I'm not into like Star Wars movies. They just kind of bore me, but that's just me. Their leader, Applewhite, was the third to last member to die. Two people remained after him, and they were the only ones who would be found without bags over their heads and not having the purple cloths covering them like their top halves, like I said. Before the last of the suicides, similar sets of packages were set to numerous Heaven's Gate affiliated or formerly affiliated and individuals and individuals and at least one media outlet the BBC department responsible of Lewis, remember him, the guy with the TV show, for which Heaven's Gate had earlier declined participating among those in the list of recipients was Rio D'Angelo, remember him, I said hold on to him, well now we're going to get into him. The package D'Angelo received on the evening of March 25th, as other packages sent, had contained two VHS videotapes, one with Doe's final exit and the other with the farewell messages of the group followers. It also contained a letter stating, among other things, we have exited our vehicles just as we entered them. Upon informing his boss of the contents of the packages, D'Angelo received a ride from him from L.A. to the Heaven's Gate home in Rancho Santa Fe. He could verify the letter. D'Angelo found a back door intentionally left unlocked to allow access and he used a video camera to record what he had found. After leaving the house, D'Angelo's boss, who had waited for him outside, encouraged him to make calls to the authorities, alerting them uh, like what he discovered, which makes sense. The San Diego County Sheriff's Department received an anonymous tip through, through the 911 system at 3.15 p.m. on March 26th suggesting they check on the welfare of the residents. Days after the suicides, this caller was revealed to be D'Angelo himself, and here's how the calls went. So the caller, this is what the caller says, Yes, I need to report an anonymous tip. Who do I talk to? The sheriff's department says, Okay, this is regarding what? Then the caller, 
This is regarding to a mass suicide, and I can give an address. That's all I found, so I'm guessing that's where, you know, the transcript ended. But he, from what I read after, he gave them the address. Um, so, anyway, the single deputy, deputy who first arrived responded to the call, entered the home through the side door, and saw ten bodies, and was nearly overcome by a pungent odor, so that means the bodies were already decomposing in the hot California spring. After a cursory search by two deputies, found no one alive, so they didn't find anybody alive in the house. Both were treated until a search warrant can be procured, and eventually all 39, all 39 bodies were ultimately cremated. And guys, that is the story of um, the Heaven's Gate cult. Um, my next case I want to talk to you guys a little bit about. Um, it's probably going to be... Um, it's probably going to be like, two, it's either going to be two or three parts. I just started researching it. Um, I probably am going to have this up by Friday because Saturday I'm not going to be podcasting and everything. So I'm going to get this, the first one up Friday. I might podcast maybe Saturday night, but if not, it would probably be Sunday night or Monday. Um... The case we're doing, it hits home. It's a sad story. I said I wasn't going to do it. But I'm going to do it because I don't want this story to be forgotten. And I was going to wait, but I'm going to tell you guys now. For all my listeners. It's going. We're going to be doing the um, Gabriel Fernandez story. Um, And if you don't know it. You know, there's a doc series on Netflix. I don't recommend watching because it is sad. Um, in this case, it just may break me. But I, I, like I said, I don't want people to forget a story. And it's just sick. So that's going to be the story. Um, Friday, well, part one anyway. Um, I'll say it in here, and then I'll say it in the beginning of that podcast. It has a lot, and I cannot express this enough. It has a lot of child abuse. So if that's not something you're comfortable with listening to, you can just skip the episodes. Um, that's alright, because it's going to be a rough story. Anyway, guys... You can follow me on Instagram at Just a Girl and True Crime. You can send me an email at Just a Girl and True Crime. You can also follow my Facebook group at Just a Girl and True Crime. Please share this with your friends. Tell them about our podcast. Um, let's just let's before I end, let's um me say hi to all the listeners from the United States. 
from the United Kingdom, Canada, France, Switzerland, Sweden, Chile. Uh, I don't, I feel like I'm missing one, but I'm not sure. If I forget, I'll mention it in the next one. Thank you guys so much. Please send me emails, like I said, if you want. If you want me to talk about a case, we can talk about a case like you guys want. Um, the higher I get, I think I want to start a Patreon account, but we're doing good and I'm going to keep moving on with this and I hope you guys enjoyed kind of something different because Saturday, Friday nights is going, case is going to be brutal and I just wanted to kind of like get it off like, um, a little bit to ease our mind before we just feel like we go right to the depths of hell but all right guys i'm about to go to bed because it's almost midnight here so i hope you guys tell everybody and thank you for listening and i will be talking to you guys friday how do i stop this